Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 24th of October, 2022, and on today's show, some takeaways from this weekend from yours truly. TCU in the college football playoff, it's time to have that conversation. Oklahoma State, the new standard in the new Big 12. Neil Brown and the tough conversation that needs to happen in West Virginia. Oklahoma and Texas, the gap between them and the other Big 12 schools as they're on their way out to the SEC. That and more is all coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast, 24th of October, 2022. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. Follow me at JoshNeighbors underscore. Please, please subscribe to the channel. If you have not already, we are approaching 2,500 subscribers. We're trying to get there by the end of October. We're less than 100 away. So please help us get there by subscribing to the channel today. Like the videos and also comment. Please let us know what you think about the videos, what we're talking about, your thoughts on everything, because actually it does oftentimes give me some inspiration. I will be mentioning some comments um, today on the show. All right. Also, one more note. Today's show is uh, brought to you by the folks at Sling TV, new sponsor here at Locked On, so we appreciate them. All right, guys, um, guys and gals out there, TCU in the college football playoff. That is the first conversation that we have to have today. I was thinking about this just kind of this morning, and you know they're now seven and zero. They have had a, had a run of four consecutive games against ranked opponents. They've obviously won all of them. They beat Oklahoma by thirty-one. They beat Kansas by seven. They beat Oklahoma State by three. They beat Kansas State by ten, and uh, you know really impressive run for them. It puts them at number seven in the country. And at this juncture, you have to consider them a college football playoff team. Um, and you got to think about also too, like what the college football playoff rankings there to come out today. Now we have one more week until that, right? So if TCU gets by West Virginia, I think Tuesday night becomes very fascinating. Monday, Tuesday, whenever they're, they're going to do it. That becomes really fascinating for the main reason of where do they slot a TCU team at seven and zero, or then eight and zero, in relation to an Alabama team, right? That's undefeated, uh, a Clemson team that's undefeated and has had some troubles, but also I think has a pretty good resume, an Oregon team that has one loss, but clearly is a much different outfit than what they were in uh, you know that first game against Georgia. It kind of begins to get to a lot of the philosophical conversations about we, that we have about the college football playoff, right? Uh, if TCU were to have an Alabama next to their name, the A for Alabama, or maybe the OU for Oklahoma, just the logo next to the Texas, whatever, would they be ranked higher than they are now? I think it's a very valid question to ask, right? Um, and also, once again, like the AP poll with to consider this is based off of where everybody started, right? TCU on rank to start this season, so they've had to climb to where they are in relation to an Ohio state and a Georgia who started where they are and have flip flop rotated. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've kind of gone around in circles. Clemson has stayed static. I would say so is Michigan relatively static, 
to where they started off. So you kind of consider those things in with the AP poll. Then we get to the college ball playoff poll. And that's when you start to, you know, really kind of, all right, dive into things and think, okay, uh, you know, uh, where do things fit? And I'm trying to go, let's see if we can go week nine last season. We'll go to the, it's the college football playoff poll um, uh, for last year. But if you guys think about what happened last season, CFP rankings for 2021, um, the final week is not what I need. Week 10 is when they start. So there we go. We'll go to week 10. then. All right. So Georgia was number one at eight and O in 2021. Alabama was seven and one back at this point in 2021. They were number two. Michigan state was eight. and O. that put them at three. Oregon state was seven and one that put them at four. Ohio state seven and one five Cincinnati eight and O at six. Um, and, you know, so on and so forth, kind of go through, go through all of these. Right. And so I'll just give you an example. Like Wake Forest was eight and oh, and they were at number nine. Oklahoma was nine and oh, they were at number eight. So some of this stuff does matter. Like strength schedule does matter. And that's when we factored in here with logo and extra name can matter at certain times. Um, I think TCU's resume, if we go next week is going to put them um, at we're kind of where they are in the poll, right? They're number seven right now in the poll. Now, I think if you stack their resume up against Alabama's just because they're undefeated and they beat a bunch of ranked teams, I would put them ahead of Alabama just in the kind of the pecking order, the ranking of things, right? I mean, you know, this is an Alabama team that had close calls against Texas, had the close call against AM, right? Now that those were wins, sure, and TCU's had close calls too, but there is an argument to be made that hey, Alabama, you know, Bryce Young is saving your ass. It feels like Every single week now in the AM game, that's not a very good team, almost beat you on the you know on your on your home field. So I think the, you know, if you if you look at how the teams have looked and how they fared, somebody say, Well, get a bunch of injured quarterbacks for TCU, and that's allowing them to win all of these games. I mean, I don't necessarily know if that's true because the, the times that we've seen some of these guys come in, Jason Bean, and also if you factor in now with how well Will Howard did, like those guys came in the game and started lighting it up pretty much immediately, right? I mean, the, the TCU defense has a lot to do with that, but like those guys lit them up pretty fast uh, and with some relative ease. I mean, Jason Bean guys was slinging all over the yard. Will Howard was having a ton of success and he's not much of a good passer. So it's not like that. Now the drop off throughout the Kansas state game became significant. I think the drop off from Jason Bean and Jalen Daniels overall has been significant, but in that game, it didn't feel like uh, it felt like Jason Bean at times was just a house of fire in that game. Right. So when you begin to stack up TC with some of these other teams, you know, Alabama's, uh, Clemson's of the world. And I actually asked this question, kind of the other conversation. If Clemson were to play TCU on a neutral neutral field today, who wins? I think it's a really good game. I think it's an awesome game. I think there's a good argument for TCU that they might win that game. Um, I think there's, you know, there's an argument for Clemson to win that game as well, obviously. But I think TCU has shown that, you know, the, the ability that they just don't really back down for anybody. They do start slow. They have started slow on occasion. The Oklahoma game, they did not uh, start slow. Kansas game, they did not necessarily start slow. But they have started slow the last couple of weeks, right? Against Kansas State and against Oklahoma State, this has been a very slow starting team. So I think with that, you know, you, you hope for them to also start better. Um, but still getting the job done. And you know, and and uh, Clemson, they aren't always slow starters. They have had slow starts. They they're hard to handicap this season. I feel like um, it feels like that team in the ACC. And there's some good teams this season. And Syracuse is a really good team. Syracuse is a very, very good football team. Um, and they they pushed Clemson to the brink at home. 
but Clemson got pressed a little bit against a team that actually had a defense. And it turns out they, and look, NC state had a good defense too. DJ lit it up, but in that game, they played a, you know, a second good defense. It turns out that, you know, DJ cannot get the job done all the time. They had to flip quarterbacks. Now I don't think club Nick was necessarily awesome. I know the numbers say he did. Okay. He did well. And DJ's still the quarterback, but that team's got some serious questions and I wouldn't want to be in a situation where I'm playing TCU and they're lighting the scoreboard up because that Clemson secondary, ooh yikes! At times it's been bad, and they got some guys back now. But still, it's it's not like it's been this awesome secondary. Um, TCU's gonna would ask some questions there, right? So now we're getting the conversations of resumes, who would win on a neutral field, who are the logos, right? These are all the philosophical conversations that we have to think about for TCU in the college football playoff. I will say this. As far as it goes for other college football playoff teams, potentially in the Big 12, there's one other contender, in my opinion. And, well, there's only one left at this point in time. It's got to be um, Oklahoma State, right? The two one lo- well, the one-loss team and the undefeated team in this league. Those are the two schools right now that, uh, that could make college football playoff. The nice thing for Oklahoma State at this point is that they lost early enough, so like midway through October, right? They lost to a team that they're probably going to have a second shot against in the college football playoff, or excuse me, the college football playoff in the Big 12 championship game, right? So that is very helpful in addition to that. Um, and so they've got a chance now to rip off seven straight wins. They're also in the AP poll, they're back in the top 10, right? So this is now a football team in Oklahoma State who's right there also at six and one at Kansas State, at Kansas, Iowa State, at Oklahoma, West Virginia, and then, uh, you know, in this scenario, TCU at the end of the tunnel, if you rip off six straight there, would you need some help? Probably, yes. But the good news for you would be is that there is going to be a loser of the Michigan and Michigan State game. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State. There is going to be a loser of the Michigan and Ohio State game, right? So that is that's absolutely going to give you an advantage. Um, the one thing that you would also hope and pray for is a Georgia versus Alabama big 12 uh, SEC championship game in which Georgia gives Alabama loss number two. Now we didn't get that last year. That would have uh, created an interesting conversation. If Georgia had won that game would have been interesting to see who that, you know, and I know Oklahoma state didn't lose, didn't win the big 12 championship game. But that would have created a really interesting scenario. Um, so, you know, you've got like looking at everybody ahead, right? Georgia and Alabama are both ahead. They have to play. So you're praying and hoping that Georgia can beat Alabama. If that's the case, there's one team gone ahead of you. Tennessee would not be playing in that SEC championship game. They do have to win over Alabama, which is going to help them, but still it's a one to be a one loss non-conference champion. So that's a team you're being stacked up against Michigan and Ohio state. The loser of that game is going to be a one-loss non-conference champion. That's a team that you're going to be stacked up against as well. Um, and then Clemson is going to be an undefeated conference champion. It looks like at this point. Uh, I mean, Carolina maybe. Carolina can you know Carolina puts a scare into them in the, in the, in the ACC championship game. I mean, Carolina's got what one loss at this point in time. So that's a you know that's North Carolina. Yeah, they're six and one at this point. North Carolina is that one loss being a pretty ugly Notre Dame loss. But still, they've got a lot left in the schedule. They got Wake Forest left, so that could be a team that can, you know, uh, potentially knock off Clemson. But you know, you know, at this point, Oklahoma State is not out of this thing. Uh, definitely not. It would be interesting to see them compared against Oregon, 
Oregon's such an interesting case because they've got the one loss and it is to uh, Georgia, right? The, the loss is to, is to Georgia, but it's a bad loss. So you probably lost to a playoff team, but the loss is really bad, but you're a different team now. And so the conversations between and, and Oregon's number uh, right now, six and one, they are number eight in the country. Oklahoma state is nine and zero. Oh. They are number, uh, uh, excuse me, six and one. They're number nine in the country. Uh, I just think now we're kind of at a place where TCU, like if you do lose a game, it better be to Texas and it better be close, right? Oklahoma state on the road, double overtime against a top 10 team. We can stomach that, especially if you're a one loss conference champion. If you're TCU, it cannot be a loss to West Virginia. It cannot be Texas tech. It cannot be at Baylor. It cannot be Iowa state. It probably has to be a close loss at Texas, maybe a close loss at Baylor. If you're lucky, if you want to stay in this thing, but when you lose does matter. And it's annoying that that's part of this conversation, but I do think when you lose matters, if you're not Alabama, if you're not Michigan, if you're not Ohio state, and I know it's just one week later at this point, but that, that makes all the difference. And then uh, TCU's next game they're going to play now is on the 29th of October. So basically in November, you know, it's tough to lose games at that point in time and still go on to make the college football playoff. If you're not one of those big brands. So I think we have to enter TCU and submit them into the conversation. Now is going undefeated hard. Yes. Is it now on the table? Yes. We've got to talk about that. And that, that, you know, the big 12 is squarely in the college football playoff hunt. I would also include Oklahoma state in there. TCU undefeated conference champion, obviously your best shot. Oklahoma state 12 and one conference champion avenges their only loss at a, which was on the road at a neutral site. That's still a pretty good bet too. Would need some help for that to happen as well though. But your best bet is still the Horn Frogs. But let's talk about Oklahoma state. They are becoming the standard for the new big 12. In my opinion, we all know athletes rise and fall in the ranks, but when it comes to saving money, Simply Safe always stays on top. And right now, you can save big with Simply Safe Home Security. They're giving listeners 40% off their advanced security system. Simply Safe was just named the best home security of 2022 by US News. I use it, I love it, and you'll love it too because Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters to them. So you guys can go check them out. SimplySafe.com slash LockedOnCollege today to customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. That's SimplySafe.com slash LockedOnCollege. There's no safe like SimplySafe. Go back to last season. Who did Oklahoma need to beat to get in the Big 12 championship game? Oklahoma State. Who did Baylor have to get past in the championship game itself to win it all? Oklahoma State. Who has TCU had to beat this year to take number one spot in the conference? Oklahoma State. Who do we say Texas needed to be? So we're like, Texas is kind of back and they're right there. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State has become this measuring stick, this standard. And when we talk about the new Big 12, when we talk about a league where you lose Oklahoma and Texas, right? Oklahoma's program is one of the best programs out there. Texas obviously is the great name brand and everything, but I think Oklahoma is probably the best program overall. Talk about, you know, title, whatever it is. You take that away. The best program in the Big 12, in the new Big 12 too, is the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Why is that? Because Mike Gundy, what he has built there out of the consistency is unbelievable. 
You saw last week, and I mentioned the Dave Hunziker comment, the play-by-play man for the Oklahoma State Cowboys, the comment he made on the broadcast last week uh, on Saturday about where Texas was as a program and where Oklahoma State was as a program. And just saying one of these programs is in one place, the other program is in another place. And this one, the, the one program that's in a better place won. And you think about what happened in that game with all of the injuries that they have. Mike Gundy getting people like Casey Dunn and Derek Mason and having a quarterback like Spencer Sanders and having all these young guys play, it's still working. And still picking off years in the end and forcing a guy who's that talented on the road in that spot to make it look like it was his first road game. And, and you know, have the second half they had on defense after getting crushed on offense. Character, character, character. Mike Gundy is 155 and 70 during his time at Oklahoma State. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and probably on his way to number eight in terms of 10 plus win seasons. All right. This guy wins games, goes to bowl games, and now it looks like they are going to be a constant competitor for the Big 12 championship. And look, they, they are banged up. They're rough, and they might not win this week. Uh, you know, against Kansas State, it's a really difficult game on the road. But when you're looking at who is setting standards right now, before this year, uh, before, like, you know, recent memory, in recent memory, and kind of moving forward, he's the best coach we have. He's the best coach that we've got. All right. He's number one. There's, I don't think it's much of a conversation. You look at the coaches in the Big 12. You think about Dave Aranda, who we like a lot. Great, but he's still new. You think about Joey McGuire and Sonny Dykes, who have been around. A coach, you know, Sonny Dykes, obviously, head coach, along with Joey McGuire, been a head coach, but guys have been like around that we know of, uh, still, you know, but like, you know, relatively new now to the league. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about guys like Matt Campbell, I think is an awesome coach, but still like there are more so down years there. And I know it's Iowa State, so it's maybe not fair to measure it up, but Mike Gundy is a standard bearer. He really is that standard bearer um, for coaches and for consistency and for development and for putting guys into the National Football League. I mean, you know, we're seeing it now on both offense and defense. You know, they've had a bunch of a ton of awesome wide receivers. It looks like they have a they have a new crop of really good guys coming in. We got, you know, Jelani Woods, uh, you know, who is a registered Oklahoma State guy. Obviously, he's in the league now, but they didn't use him as much in the, as in the catching department as they should have. But still, like, they find these guys. They they find them as more of the point. They develop them. They do a good job. Of that. I mean, I, I think oh, Chuba Hubbard, another good example, right? He started, started this week, undrafted guy who was starting. We've seen tons of running backs, uh, you know, come from there, too. They just develop and put a lot of guys into the league. They're able to do that. They're able to, um, you know, consistently, you know, uphold, you know, play certain styles or even adapt at certain times, right? Think about the way they adapted last season. He is that standard bearer. And it feels like Oklahoma State right now is a standard. Like, if you beat Oklahoma State, you feel, I mean, Kansas State, if they beat Oklahoma State, like, that's the second best team in the league, for sure, if you beat Oklahoma State. Um, and this gets me something else I want to talk about here real fast about people complaining. A lot of you folks on Twitter right now, and, and, and he, I like to be on Twitter, so I'm connected with you all to make this show better. A lot of you on the comment section, like, stop complaining. Just, uh, you, you, I mean, you people are so soft sometimes. Let's toughen up here. Tell me about injuries. Tell me about um, some Texas Tech fans, fans, multiple fans, ask me to apologize. 
they said, yeah, when are you going to apologize to Texas Tech? Like, you owe them an apology. Like, somebody said, I owe the kids an apology and the coaches an apology. I picked a three and three football team, West Virginia, to be another three and three football team with three injured quarterbacks last week. And good with Texas Tech, they thumped them. I missed that one. Um, it will not be the last time I, I pick against Texas Tech. And it will not be the last, last, you know, last time I'm wrong about it. I mean, because I was wrong, do you want me to write a handwritten note and send an ed- edible arrangement to Joey McGuire? Like, is that what I have to do and say, Joey, you know, Coach McGuire, I am I am so sorry I disrespected you and your program by picking against you in a game that had a four-point spread where I picked a, the healthier quarterback. You guys did great. I apologize. It will never happen again. Come on now, folks. Like, come on, seriously. Um, the injury excuses and stuff, that stuff needs to stop. It's football, all right? Let's toughen up some. None of this stuff is personal. It's just my analysis, all right? Let's, let's, you know, a lot of complaining about injuries, a lot of people bitching and moaning about how many TCU quarterbacks against TCU have been injured. I mean, guys, it's football. This stuff happens all the time. Eight of the tw- eight, eight of the 10 teams in this league have had to go to the backup quarterback. Nine of them have had an injured quarterback. Think about this. I mean, I don't think, I don't think Hunter Deckers has been banged up at all this year, but we know Spencer Sanders is. If Spencer Sanders at some point goes out and can't play, he will be the ninth Big 12 quarterback this year that has not been able to make it all the way, uh, you know, or has, has had to go out at some point in time. That's just where we are in this league right now. It's okay. I mean, it, it happens. It sucks. It's not. It's not fair. But like, that's that's football. So everybody's saying, "Oh, we're the better team." If this player get injured, this player didn't get injured, this player get injured. Guys, it's football. You didn't see Oklahoma State complaining last week about it. Right, fans did. Fans are complaining about it you know, against TCU, whatever. We're but like you, you went out and won when you were banged up last week, and that was the middle of the game. You had guys going out left and right. So I, 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 the excuse and stuff, let's all let's all calm down on that front, all right? The Oklahoma State, you know, they are the standard. I think the fans out there are complaining about injuries, whatever. Like, I think the effort that they showed against Texas last week once again displays that standard. And they might lose this week, but it still won't change the fact that what they're doing – Right now in the Big 12 is is they are the, they are becoming the standard. Like if you beat them, you are an awesome team, and that's that's without winning a Big 12 championship right now in recent memory, which is I think is the funny part about this. But it's because we see the fluctuation, right? Iowa State's up one year, Kansas State's up one year, Baylor's up one year, right? Uh, we're seeing, and not to mention Oklahoma, Texas being up and down at, at certain times too. Mention all those teams, TCU throwing that throwing them there too. Mention all those teams, and the one team that's kind of always near the top that you're always measuring yourself up against is Oklahoma State. Right now, the last four seasons, eight and five, eight and three, uh, the COVID year, eight and three, still you know six and three in the league, uh, twelve and two, and now six and one. They are that measuring stick, at least recently, uh, in my opinion. All right, Neil Brown. It's time for Neil Brown to go, folks. Uh, this conversation is not one we love to have. Smoking Musket had a great article today about this, but. I thought last week that it was a great opportunity for them to kind of turn things around at this juncture of the season, and they could not do it. Uh, they were not able to get that done, and in fact, it went in the opposite direction. I know they're banged up. I know they're injured or whatever. Um, the team lacks identity, right? They had to force four turnovers to have that crazy win against Baylor. But right now they don't do everything. There's not a whole lot they're doing particularly well. It feels like at the moment and it's not, they're not repeating what's going on. That's the problem now is there's nothing repetitive. It feels like one up, one down three of the last four gets smoked, right? They gotten smoked this year, smoked against Texas. Even though it's 38, 20, a game was not very close. And they got 
I mean, they got dog walked against Texas Tech. And credit Texas Tech, like, once again, they're, they are, talk about standard. Like, you know, if you beat Oklahoma State, you are, you have a chance to be great. If you beat Texas Tech, you're good. You're good. You know, talk about different kind of levels to the game, the game within the game, if you will. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You guys can do that today. Once again, LinkedIn Jobs will help you guys find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. But for Neil Brown, like I like Neil Brown a lot. I think a lot of us like Neil Brown in this industry. A lot of us like Matt Wells too, but it, it should not stop us from calling it like we see it. If they can afford the buyout, they should pay it. And look, we had Shane Lyons on Big 12 today last week, all right? He mentioned this. He talked about he knows about winning football games, but it's not always about the wins and the losses. But yeah, but when it's not, like it's it, it, it's about the identity, right? It's about growing. It's about getting better. And the one thing, and I know a lot of schools are having problems with this, but like you're seeing West Virginia players have success elsewhere, and it, it, it really hurts. Like having Akeem Mesidor leave, that one really sucked, man. Like that have, that sucks. Tyke Smith, having guys like that go and then have success elsewhere, those are the guys you need to keep and maintain and retain and, and see if you know they can really, you know, they can become great players for you. I mean, you can keep guys like Dante still awesome, but you need more of that. And you see it at programs all the time. I mean, Iowa State, like, you, you know, we're not always talking about a whole lot of guys transferring out of Iowa State, I feel like. Um I know basketball is more the, the place where it happens, but you think about what they had last year at Iowa State in that group. There's a bunch of guys who have gone and played somewhere else, you know, maybe bigger stage, whatever it is. But all those guys wanted to stay and play for Iowa State. That's what they all wanted to play and stay, and they wanted to be. And Neil Brown, it feels like there's been so much turnover for this program. They just can't keep everything kind of meshed together and and keep it the way they want it to. So. I'm not going to harp on this for long. I don't want to be in those conversations, but I think that's the identifiable part to me. I think they, they've given him a fair shake, a fair chance. And I mean, hell, they even gave him an extension. They, they regret that now, but this program has really been through it. It's a great fan base. I, I feel bad because it feels like both parties were at fault for what happened with Dana Holgerson. And I thought there was a lot of upside with Neil Brown when he came in, it was a tough job but it's just not gotten rolling the way they needed it to. And look, they're in a weird place because they're, they're in the Ohio mid Atlantic. Re- I mean, like guys, you know, I, when I drove to West Virginia last year, I mean, you're in Maryland, it, Maryland's right there next to uh, West Virginia. The DMV is very accessible. Uh, coworker Patrick Chuck at Sirius XM used to commute and it was like an hour and a half, two hours every single day for him. But like, that's not very far away. It's not, it's not a long road trip, right? They've got Ohio, and uh, Western Pennsylvania, um, all in their backyard. And, uh, you know, Florida's coming in too next, next year to the league, which I think is really important for them because the best teams they had built, built off Florida. Um, and they play in Texas, but like they're kind of all over the map right now. I also think Cincinnati coming back in the league is good for them because they're going to be able to play in Ohio, which is, is I think is a plus for them. 
but they're just in a weird spot. And geographically, they're in a weird spot, but they're not, you know, they're not playing. They used to have a series of Maryland, which I thought was really good for them. It's good to play Virginia Tech, too. Like, it's good. I think those series are going to help some of their recruiting. But I'm not sure if Neil's, Neil Brown's the right guy to do it. It's, I think it's a good job. I think it's a very difficult job. I think it's, um, you know, you can build different kinds of things at West Virginia. We've seen high-powered offenses. We, we, I think we have times we've seen some really good defenses there too, especially Neil Brown's group. It, it's a very it, – it's it's tenuous to say Neil Brown should be done, but I think we've given it enough time now. I think, I think for them, as the Big 12 transitions, there's a lot of schools that feel good about their situation. They need to make sure that as this league changes, they're in a good spot and they don't fall behind Cincinnati. They don't fall behind BYU. They don't fall behind UCF and Houston because they're going to be going through transitions, but you don't want to wait too long to pull the trigger. And then kind of they've caught up and you're behind them. And all of a sudden you feel like, you know, you're, you're trying to catch up to the new guys. Um, and so for them, you know, it's one step forward, two steps back. And I've mentioned those teams that go up and down and surge left and right. And, and we've had Iowa State at the top. We've had TCU at the top. We have had Oklahoma at the top. We've had Oklahoma State at the top. We've had Baylor at the top, right? Texas at the top. It is, it is available in this league to go up and down, right? Maybe you're six and six, seven and five, but if you build the right, and Kansas State, a good example this year, they've got a real good chance of going to the Big 12 championship game. If they win this week, there's a really good chance that they're going to the Big 12 championship game with uh, with you know having that tiebreaker win over uh, over Oklahoma State. They've got a chance, and this is one of those teams we're talking about where six guys on the all-conference team. West Virginia just not doing that right now, uh, and, and they've come close in the past, but they're not getting over the hump. They're not there right now, and they're not one of those teams that surges up and down. They're stuck in the middle class. And they're not. It does not feel like they're, they're at any point they're building towards being having having a team that can go up, win nine, ten games, compete for a title every three to four years. So it sucks. But if they've got the cash, I think it's the right time for Neil Brown. I think it is. And I'm not sure he's done. I mean, definitely not done. Coach. He's a young guy. I think it works out somewhere else. He was awesome at Troy. All right, Oklahoma and Texas can't close the gap right now. And this is very recent. We're going very very recent here. Um, Oklahoma's in a weird spot. So I mean, maybe more just, it's like Texas, but you think about them leaving for the, for the sec and with their performances in the last couple of years, um, you know, last year in this season, it, it's really interesting to think about Texas and Oklahoma now in the next two or three seasons, 22, 23, 24, before they go in 2025, what does it look like? Are they competing for conference titles? Because right now it's October 24th and Texas and Oklahoma are out the big 12 title race. They're out. Um, and, you know, it's funny enough because like they're pretty, they're pretty mediocre. They're pretty average. Like Texas is not average. They've got a, a way above average talent. I think this team is above average this year. Might end up winning eight games, whatever it is, eight, nine games. But this team is definitely above average. That Texas team is. Um they just can't eclipse that, though. It, and I, I think it's actually interesting. If they go to the SEC, like if Texas were to play in the SEC East this year, I'm not entirely sure their resume is much different than it is right now. They probably lose to Georgia. They maybe lose to Tennessee, right? I think Tennessee probably yeah, Tennessee probably beats them. It actually depends. I mean, but here's the thing: like this is a team that they could have pushed and beat Alabama, right? So that's, that's the team we're talking about. 
right? But like they could beat Kentucky. Um, they could beat South Carolina. They beat Missouri. They beat Vanderbilt. They could probably beat Florida. They could probably beat uh, Mississippi State. They could definitely beat Ole Miss, depending on where that game is played, right? Uh, they could definitely beat Auburn. They, LSU, they could, they, depending on where the game is played, they could win that this year. Like, I, if you could tell me Texas goes eight and four in this league this year, they'd probably go eight and four over there. Oklahoma, maybe it's, it's weird to handicap, but they've got this really odd uh, situation where, Look, I think they might beat up on some of the newer teams that come in the league just because, like, they the, the talent gap is a bit further. But, t- but like, Oklahoma State and TCU and Baylor and uh, all these schools have learned how to bridge that gap and beat these teams. They've learned how to do it. It's happening now on a reoccurring basis, right? Um, it's happening now where these, you know, Oklahoma State, like, I think that they're probably going to beat OU again this year. Uh, not sure a game's weird and they've had Mike Gundy's number, but like them beating Texas is, is, has become a common occurrence, right? They've done it now. I forgot how many straight years is whatever, but like they, they are, have gotten proficient at it and they've now knocked them out of the big 12 title race and Texas is not competing for a title. They're the big dogs going to the sec, the two big brands, but they're not competing for anything right now. Much like how UCLA and USC aren't really competing right now um, for the, for the title. And, and look, Oklahoma's situation is different because Texas has been in this weird spot for a while now. Oklahoma's weird spot started when Lincoln Riley, and then they missed the Big 12 title game last year. It came down to the very end of the season. Their weird spot came when Lincoln Riley said, I'm going to uh, to USC and now I'm going to change a lot. And I'm really curious to see how that goes. But like, there is a gap right now. They're, they they can't close that gap. If Texas wants to close that gap, they have to win that game last week. You could say, hey, it's because Quinn Ewers is young, but still like, they're playing a bunch of young guys in the back end who don't stack up to the guys that Texas has playing at wide receiver up front. Maybe, you know, Texas got a lot of really good players and it didn't matter. And the tackling was bad. Like they're just not standing up uh, to these, these other schools right now. And they're, they're in these weird places and phases and Texas, I know you could not be in different places, more different places right now. Right. I mean, what OU is dealing with with a new coach and what Texas is dealing with in year two under Sark is totally different considering what the firepower situation is for both. There's talent on both, but Texas has crazy firepower and they just can't get it all to gel and get over the hump. Oklahoma is trying to figure out how much firepower do we have? What are the areas we have to adjust? And can we get it back to Lincoln Riley area level uh, success and then kind of get it over that? Right. And, and, and they, you know, they want to be able to, to get to close the gap between them. I mean, the goal for them is to close the gap between them and Oklahoma uh, in Alabama and Georgia, they, they got to close the gap right now between them and like TCU and Oklahoma state. And it's weird to see that transition happening in real time. OU was competing last year, but they look, they lost to Baylor. They lost to Oklahoma state. Uh, they've now lost to TCU and they started off zero and three in the league. Right. So, uh, you know, lost to Kansas state again. I mean, this is the interesting part about this now is what is, is there a gap the rest of the way? Will they be back in the Big 12 title picture? It's, you know, they're Oklahoma had such a stranglehold on this conference for so long, and now that's dissipated um, with transition Lincoln Riley. And Texas just cannot seem to get back there. So that gap, it's really interesting to watch here. Now it seems like they're going to be here the next two, two and a half seasons. A lot of interesting conversations there. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at LOBig12. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Uh, find the show, reach podcast and on YouTube as well. Till next time, my friends, as always stay safe.